G'day, welcome back to the show. You're here on Chad Theory. I'm your host, Chad James. Hope you're having a stunning week. I'll tell you what, this Four Corners business, Hell on Earth, this documentary that they dropped on Monday night about Opus Day schools and their various teachings. Did you guys get to see it? I watched it and I'll tell you what, there are so many bits and pieces to pick out of this. I have a lot to say on this. My goodness, I could barely, barely wait to get on here to release my fury. No, no, I'm just joking. Basically, what Four Corners have done is an attack on the teachings of Opus Dei-based schools out here in northwestern Sydney, specifically Tangara Girls' School and Redfield College. And what do you know? Dominique Perrottet and his family have close connections to these schools. So I guess that makes it worthy of covering. Well, let me take you through all of the details, let me point to all the holes, let me point out the hypocrisy, the lack of self-awareness, and the sheer irony in Four Corners, and more specifically, Louise Milligan, ABC star journalist, in covering Opus Day Schools out here in northwestern Sydney. But before we get into that, wherever you're listening to this podcast, help us out by giving us a five-star rating. Let others know you love Chad Theory. Remember, we don't have ads on this podcast. We rely entirely upon the support from listeners. So if you're able to, it would be much appreciated if you could become a PayPal donor. There's a link below for a monthly or a recurring donation. Check out that link. Hopefully you can help us out and also consider becoming a paid subscriber to get access to exclusive content. Every week we drop amazing deep dives into trending topics to help keep you guys up to date and get in between all the details and and across the broader issues. So It'd be great if you could support us, but for now, let's have a look at Louise Milligan's Four Corners documentary, Hell on Earth. ABC's Four Corners came out on Monday night, just past with an episode titled Purity and Education in Opus Day. Four Corners takes you inside the suburban schools connected to the secretive Opus Day. Reporter Louise Milligan and the team investigate the disturbing practices of the conservative Catholic organisation and its influence in the New South Wales Liberal Party. Wow, that is a massively misleading title. So let's get into it. What did they actually go through? Well, there were some really controversial and potentially horrific revelations that came out of this documentary. For example, the idea that students were encouraged to practice self-harm by wearing a barb leg strap around their leg for an hour a day or whipping themselves while praying. There's also all these mentions of preserving your purity and your virginity. One practice was when all the girls from Tangara out here in the Hills District would wear white dresses as a token of their commitment to remain pure and to remain virgins until they would get marriage, a common practice that is taught amongst Christians and other religions. In fact, the title thumbnail of Four Corners documentary is of three girls, presumably in white dresses with the catch title, Purity and Education in Opus Dei. So they were stressing this idea that young women were educated to believe that there was some value in preparing themselves as pure or honest in a sexual sense for future partners, lest they become promiscuous and be denoted as sluts. 
But there are also some other interesting revelations that came out of this documentary. For example, these cervical HPV vaccines that girls in year seven and eight are mandated, I believe, to take throughout Australia. And Opus Dei, these schools, particularly Tangara, recommended against it. Now, apparently they encourage it and they follow the the health guidelines, but there still, as you can imagine, would be this invisible hand, this I think they called it walk of shame after the girls would literally receive the vaccine at those schools. So the ABC again calls it misinformation, which is hard to argue against, but that's a theme that will come up again and again. There was another instance in the documentary where girls were shown MRIs with physical holes in the brain. So these are brain images where they have sections highlighted. Now, the actual image itself was highlighting those parts of the brain that were active during viewing of pornography. However, it was taught in the schools that the brain tissue caused from watching pornography would create these holes. There would be these dark black physical holes, which is clearly fake science. They also had a couple of girls who are now young women recalling their experience. One of them said, freedom of speech isn't freedom from consequences That's just the way it goes. And another young woman brought up this idea when it was relayed that taxpayers had been funding four schools, four Opus Dei schools in Sydney to the tune of $20 million in 2021. I'll get to that in the moment. There's a taxpayer funding issue here, apparently. But here is one of the quotes when one of these young women was told this number. She said, if there is even this level of taxpayer funding, why aren't they accountable to the taxpayers? Why isn't the public aware of this? How is this happening behind closed doors? Oh my goodness. The irony of the ABC's Louise Milligan being told by someone whom she is interviewing that there is no accountability to taxpayers for taxpayer funding, (laughs) all this stuff. Sorry, I've got to maintain some uh, modicum of professionalism. I'm trying my hardest. Why isn't the public aware of this, she said? Why don't we take a quick trip down memory lane? Louise Milligan. Now, I just want to make it very, very clear This is not a personal attack on Louise Milligan. I'm sure she is a lovely woman. I'm sure that she has the greatest of intentions and she wants to see positive change in the world and all that. Good luck to her. I hope she has a long and prosperous life and career. I mean that sincerely. I'm purely looking at the facts here of her professional history and her professional indiscretion. So I hope that's very, very clear. Those of you who follow my show, you know I don't like to attack people directly or personally, except for Daniel Andrews. Anyway, so back in 2021, the Australian Commonwealth Attorney General Christian Porter, he commenced defamation proceedings against Louise Milligan for an article that was published on 26 February 2021, where she made false rape allegations against him. So Christian Porter discontinued the action in May of 2021, not long after, after the ABC agreed to post an editorial note and pay mediation costs. So they they basically settled. That's not the worst bit. In 2021, federal MP Andrew Lamming, he commenced defamation proceedings against Louise Milligan 
over four tweets that she sent in March of 2021, he alleged that one tweet implied he admitted to illegally taking a photo of a woman's underwear as she bent over in Brisbane in 2019. Now, the allegation was that Andrew Lamming upskirted, took a photo underneath a, a woman, a worker's skirt, as she was bending over. But the facts came out that she was wearing shorts. She wasn't wearing a skirt. So what happened? Unproven allegations that were made against an MP publicly? Well, in August 2021, Milligan agreed to a settlement paying Lamming approximately $130,000 in damages. But wait, that's not it. The ABC, that's right, we're talking about a taxpayer funding issue. Let me just remind you of the quote that this young lady said in Louise Milligan's Four Corners documentary. She said, if there is even this level of taxpayer funding, why aren't they accountable to the taxpayers? Why isn't the public aware of this? How is this happening behind closed doors? Well, the ABC footed the bill for Louise Milligan's costs. $200,000. Now listen to this. The Auditor General said he is unable to judge the appropriateness of the ABC's decision to pay $200,000 for costs incurred by reporter Louise Milligan in a defamation dispute with Liberal MP Andrew Lamming because there was no policy or precedent for it. (laughs) So what was the ABC's rationale for footing the bill for their star journalist? Well, they said... It was under no express legal obligation to meet these costs, but it was a business decision to help resolve both the Lamming and the Porter disputes. The ABC believed this would help manage both proceedings in an optimal and timely manner and minimize financial exposure, he said. Now, there are potentially more proceedings against Louise Milligan and the ABC, along with many other mainstream publications and journalists here in Australia, over their overzealous coverage of the Brittany Higgins incident, the trial of Bruce Lerman. So he may potentially sue Louise Milligan, as well as many other potential defendants, as I, as I outlined. She's not on her own. But I just wanted to make the point that the irony of a Louise Milligan documentary, Four Corners, interviewing a young lady who was saying that there's no accountability to taxpayers when there's taxpayer funding involved. My goodness, this irony is just next level. It just (laughs) doesn't end, does it? But there's a couple of other things that I wanted to bring up about this Four Corners documentary, because I think it's incredibly, incredibly misleading and very, very selective in the way that it chose to tell this story. You see, this idea of funding, it was just sort of brushed over by Four Corners. They brought up the $20 million figure. Now, there is a massive myth that I would like to dispel for all of you listening about the way that private schools, independent schools, whatever you want to call them, in this case, Catholic independent schools, are funded. You see, people are under this misconception that private schools get more funding than public schools. That's actually not true. They get much less. And the way that it's calculated takes into account the incomes of the parents in that area. So, for example, I don't want to sort of go on about this at great length. I'll just mention this briefly as an aside. But the way that I like to view and explain education funding in Australia, which many of you may disagree with, that's fine. I'm happy to have that argument with you. 
is that every child in Australia should be allocated a certain amount of money. And that should not be determined by their parents' income, their socioeconomic status, where they live, etc., etc. I believe that all students should receive a baseline for education, a baseline number. Now, for public school students, that number is around $20,000 per year. For Catholic school students, that's around $13,000 per year. And for independent students, that's around $11,000 per year. That's because the formula called the schooling resource standards, that's the annual calculation made by the Australian government that identifies the cost of educating a child, that takes in the capacity to pay of the parents. And that's calculated according to the median parental income at each non-government school. So hypothetically, you could have a student in a public school in a wealthy area like Mossman that gets significantly more funding than another student in the same suburb of Mossman, for example, at a private school whose parents pay much higher school fees, obviously, and their child subsequently gets uh, a lower contribution to their education for the government, purely based on the fact that one's independent and one is public because they don't use that income test for public schools. Now, I don't like this model. Like I said, I believe that all students receive the same amount of money. And then if your family, if your parents choose to and or have the capacity to pay for extra, you should be able to do that by paying school fees to a private school, for example. And again, I appreciate that many of you may disagree with that. That's fine. That's part of a different discussion. But I just wanted to put that into perspective when the ABC on Four Corners spread that number of $20 million as if these schools were getting special treatment that other schools weren't getting. And uh, I think they failed to put that into context, which is what Four Corners is very well known for doing. Now, let's take a different angle here and have a look at the, another side of ABC's biased and out-of-context journalism. The main thesis of this Four Corners episode was to draw attention to how these sort of extracurricular teachings are finding their way into these Opus Day schools. And what I find interesting about that is this focus on them teaching misinformation. And, and I agree with Four Corners. There is rampant misinformation in these schools. But can someone just explain to me what aspects of religion, all religions, broadly speaking, are science-based and fact-based? Would you agree that it's closer to zero than it is to 100%. I mean, this idea of cherry-picking these specific teachings because they seem so outrageous, they're so obviously wrong, is misleading. Now, here's a quote that Louise Milligan herself proposed to one of the young ladies that she was interviewing. Now, listen to this. Louise Milligan said, "'Is religious freedom ever an excuse?' for teaching students information which is demonstrably untrue. I'll give that to you again. Is religious freedom ever an excuse for teaching students information which is demonstrably untrue? Wow. C can you tell me again what parts of religion are science-based? Almost all aspects of religion are demonstrably untrue. <laughs> 
My, my goodness, what kind of a question is that? Does Do these people have no self-awareness? I mean, seriously, to suggest that these very specific pieces, these very specific teachings are demonstrably untrue, but to just completely sideswipe the rest of their teachings. I mean, Muslim schools spend about six hours a week on teachings of their religion. Tell me, what aspects of that are science-based? Almost everything that these schools teach. I'm not targeting any religion in particular. I'm lumping all of them together. Christians, Muslims, Jews. Tell me, what part of their teachings are science-based? All right, okay, I've made my point. Now let's continue here because a few other bits and pieces that the school was teaching, particularly focused on that Tangara school, being the all-girls school, abortion and the birth control pill causes cancer. I mean, clearly, that is fake news. That's false information. They also have this idea about men having urges and women being partially responsible for sexual assault. One of the young women who was interviewed said, it was our responsibility to help men by not tempting them. Even over at Redfield, a former teacher didn't like the idea of teaching men consent. He said, don't teach men consent, teach them abstinence. The ABC showed this little excerpt of some of the, the teachings that this teacher discussed, where he basically said the idea of consent during an alcohol and, and passion-fueled sexual encounter, referring to Harvey Weinstein, was ridiculous. To bring consent into that is just ridiculous. The idea you would need to seek consent before every single move is ridiculous. Now, I completely disagree with him. I think that sort of view is very misogynistic and, and massively, massively anachronistic. But tell me, where have you heard that before, ladies and gents? Where have you heard this idea that men have urges and women are partially responsible for sexual assault, that we shouldn't teach men consent, that women are partly responsible for their own sexual assaults? Where have you heard that before? Do I need to spell it out for you? My goodness, how many other religions, including, you've got it, the Islamic religion, how many imams have you heard saying stuff like that? And now, I, I will admit, they are characterized as being fundamentalists and, you know, quite orthodox in their teaching and extremists. Some even call them terrorists. And those teachings are a breeding ground for misinformation and, and, <clears throat> and indoctrinating young youth into a backwards way of thinking. Fine, but where's the Four Corners documentary on that? That is way more prevalent. We have heard so much more about that than these two schools out here in the Hills District. So why is Louise Milligan, why are Four Corners, why is the ABC so focused on these two schools out here in the Hills District? Well, 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 don't you know, Dominique Perrottet, the state premier here in New South Wales, went to Redfield College out here in the Hills District. In fact, he is the member for Epping, which is out here in northwestern Sydney. Now, he has 12 siblings, so a massive, massive family. And according to Four Corners, all of them either went to Tangara or Redfield out here in northwestern Sydney. So what does Louise Milligan propose? Here's a direct quote. Louise Milligan, at the beginning of the documentary, literally the opening where she's setting everything up, 
refers to Dominique Perrottet. She ropes him in at the very, very beginning. And then about halfway through, she poses this question to one of the young women who she's interviewing. She says, we don't know what Dominique Perrottet knows about what's being taught at Tangara, but if he does know, what does it say? <laughs> Objection, Your Honour. Leading question. I mean, seriously, what a stupid question. We don't know what Dominic Perrottet knows, but, but if he does know, what does that say? I mean, that is not journalism, ladies and gentlemen. This is a concerted attack by a clearly left-wing journalist, a clearly left-wing production team who are known for doing these sorts of things, attacking a conservative Dominic Perrottet, who is the Premier of New South Wales. It is disgusting. As I said before, why don't they do a deep dive into Islamic schools? I literally went and looked up the dress codes for Islamic schools. Here it is. Australian Islamic College of Sydney, uniform and hair policy, Right. If you go down, I don't want to go through the whole, whole thing. I read the whole thing from cover to cover. But if you go down, what I found really interesting is this. At the very, very bottom, there are guidelines for boys' hair. Ideally, boys are expected to keep neat and smart hairstyles appropriate for our school setting. Therefore, our school would like to make clear what are the conventional hairstyles as detailed in our school policy and those cuts which would not be appropriate for school. Fine, they go through all those details, you know, there's all these measurements that they use to ensure that boys have modest looking hair. For example, sideburns must not be longer than the center of the ear. My goodness. But what I did find, or what I couldn't find, is the girls' hair section. Where are the guidelines on girls' hair? Well, there are none. But you know what I did find? Only white jersey hijabs purchased from the uniform shop are permitted for students from years 3 to 10. Midnight blue hijabs are to be worn by years 11 and 12 students only. Underpieces must be white. No decorative pins are to be worn on the hijab. Now, depending on who you ask, they'll give you a different opinion about what the hijab symbolizes. Broadly speaking, I think most Westerners conceive of the hijab as, a, as an item of modesty. And many Muslims practice that. Many Muslims that I've spoken to and I know choose to wear it as a token of their dedication to their God, which is fine, and as a way to maintain their integrity, their, their personal sexual integrity, if you like, and to preserve that for only their husbands. More cynical interpretations or extreme interpretations, if you like, see the hijab as protecting women from the lustful gaze of men. Remember that idea that Opus Dei was purportedly pushing with regards to women taking responsibility to help men by not tempting them? What's the difference? The difference is if Four Corners and ABC were to take a deep dive into Islamic schools and Islamic teachings here in Australia, like they did, I'm not saying they should, I'm saying like they did with Opus Dei, I'm not aware of a documentary as such that exists, then they would uncover very similar themes. These themes are consistent across orthodoxy in most religions. Yet the question still stands, why did ABC choose to target two schools out here in northwestern Sydney that have direct ties apparently to Dominic Perrottet and his family? That documentary could not produce one iota of evidence that Dominic Perrottet or anybody in his family condones all the horrible things that they brought up in that documentary. Yet this documentary was framed 
using Dominic Perrottet and his family's name. That is disgusting. That is not journalism. And the worst part is it's taxpayer funded. Well, what do you know? I'll tell you what, folks, the irony, the the lack of self-awareness, the hypocrisy that Four Corners and their investigative team continues to put out is just mind-blowing. And to top it all off, like I keep saying, it's taxpayer-funded. Look, I'd be really interested to hear what those of you listening to my thoughts, you know what I think, but you can get in contact with me. Let me know what you think via Instagram or Twitter. My handle is at Chad Theory Show. Make sure you give me a follow as well. Stay up to date with everything I'm doing. That's at Chad Theory Show on Instagram and Twitter. Also, don't forget to give me a five-star rating wherever you're listening to us. Let people know you love Chad Theory. And if you feel like these podcasts add value to your life, that's my number one goal to add value to your lives day in and day out, consider making a PayPal donation via the link below, either a one-off or a recurring monthly donation. Whatever suits you and your circumstances is much appreciated. And also consider becoming a paying subscriber for access to exclusive content. But that's it from me. Hope you're enjoying your week, folks. I'll catch you all tomorrow. See ya.